since 2008, Marvel Studios has brought us over 10 years of cinematic blockbusters, and nothing will ever be the same. Can we, as mere mortals, prevail? Join us to find out. Peter Melnick, graphic designer, comic book enthusiast, and podcast pontificator. And Eddie Wilson, upstate New York radio announcer in the Sullivan Catskills, with an inordinate amount of catching up in his own comic book universe. True believers, the next chapter begins with another episode of The Marvelists. Welcome everyone to a special bonus episode of The Marvelists. I'm Peter Melnick and we are not joined today with Eddie Wilson, but we are live at Toy Fair 2019, day two. It is Sunday. Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. There's no monster. Well, there is actually a monster truck on display, so there kind of is monster trucks for this bad boy. But before we get into the usual rigmarole of today's episode, first off, go on Facebook at facebook.com slash themarvelists. Give us a follow, a like, whatever. Become a fan of if you know you followed social media back in 2011. I don't know. You can also find us, myself, on Facebook at facebook.com slash Podcast. You can go on to... Twitter at The Marvelous and myself at Peter Melnick. You can go on Instagram, follow us at The Marvelous. It's kind of a recurring thing, you know? And you can find Eddie on Instagram at Eddie9193. You can also find myself on Instagram at Peter Melnick. Drop us a line in our email bag, themarvelous at gmail.com. Questions, comments, strongly worded letters. And finally, how can you get a hold of this show? with your ear holes well you can be able to listen to us on iTunes rate, review, subscribe and share five star if you're ever 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 so inclined you can also listen to us on a wide variety of streaming platforms TuneIn Radio Stitcher Radio Podbean SoundCloud and the biggin Spotify but Stitcher is one of our special ones where if you go to stitcher.com slash premium and use the promo code at checkout Marvelists you'll be able to get one free month of Stitcher Premium get that free month of Stitcher Premium, you're able to listen to a crap ton of audio content, including Marvel's first foray into serialized podcasting. And I'm talking about Wolverine, The Long Night. And guess what? It's actually being serialized as a comic book. Huh. A comic book character turned into a podcast, turned into a comic book? Will wonders ever cease? So once again, go on Stitcher.com slash premium and use the promo code at checkout. Marvelous. And get a free month of Stitcher Premium, and you can cancel at any time. But we think you're going to enjoy that so much, you're going to stay on, because it's only $4.99 a month. Yes, $4.99 a month. 499 pennies. That's a lot of pennies, and I don't know who would carry around that many pennies, but there are weird people in this world, and they probably do carry that many pennies. Not on the go. Hey, it's Jeffrey Giraffe over there. This is my ADHD coming in just a little bit. I thought that guy died. <laughs> I didn't even know he was sick, but... Um, you can go... Well, he's actually living in Canada now. Yeah. So, the voice you're hearing alongside me is not Eddie Wilson. Eddie is not here. We are joined with uh, Jason Hilton of so, Pop Rock in Rochester, New York. Jason, but the other I'm good. How are you? Pretty good. This has been a very much interesting experience. You've only been in this uh, building for like the past 20 minutes. Yeah, I'm just... I'm here for you. Sounds good. And, yeah, it's been a... Absolutely crazy uh, weekend already. This is a four-day show. I'm only here Saturday, Sunday, but there's a lot. There is a lot going on, and 
toys are the main topic of discussion for this episode because it would make sense. We're a toy farm. Why wouldn't we talk about toys? And why wouldn't we be talking about Marvel toys? And we've actually got some special stuff that we're going to include in this episode, including the press conference from Hasbro where they talked about the... It was like a round robin uh, Q and A thingy where they talked about the brand coming up with Marvel. And before any of you people ask at home, no, no Avengers Endgame stuff. Nothing was shown. Nothing was talked about. And as a matter of fact, during the presentation we saw, this was how they talked about Avengers Endgame. And in April, we've got Avengers Endgame coming out in theaters. All right, on to the next topic. Okay. So we we. It turns out the bouncy balls that were on the floor were not the only thing that were blue at the venue. So there's a lot of uh, a lot of cool stuff going on at this show. And I talk a lot, but Jason, we also I actually have to put this back in there as well. We also have an interview with Christopher Sully of Funko, and we talk a bit about Marvel and their pop vinyl phenomenon. At, at Pop Rocks, you, I imagine, sell a ton of pop vinyls, correct? We do, yeah. It's one of the specialties, for sure. What are some of the pop vinyls that you've seen with Marvel that have caught your eye the most? Hmm. Um, I really liked the Marvel Collector's Core, Bruce Banner, into the Grey Hulk, Mr. Fix-It. Well, actually, it wasn't Mr. Fix-It Hulk. It was original. Yeah, OG. Uh, yeah, OG. Um, Hulk. Original Grey. Yeah, 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 yeah. Love that one. Probably one of my favorite Marvel ones. Um, I like, right now I'm really getting into the uh, OG line, um, the more rounded, less articulate um, Funkos. I, I like to see those. Um, yeah, so, so some of my favorites in the Marvel line, me personally, is I'm a huge Magneto fan, so I really like that. Um, the, I just I just picked up a Professor X with him in the in the you know the sled, uh, if you will, because um, it's not really a wheelchair. Um, they just came. They're coming out a Marvel Legends figure of that too. Yeah, he's gonna have like all these different parts, including an angry head and a happy head and a different head. Okay, <laughs> so. Um, so yeah, we love Funko. Um, they've been super gracious to us too. They've they've partnered with us. So you know, we are also um, uh, just very quickly. Pop Rock is a uh, very unique place. It's one of the only places I've ever seen in the world or ever heard of. Um, it's it's uniqueness is the amount of things we've got going on. So we're a full um, comic book shop. We're a full cereal bar. We do uh, monster energy drink mocktails. Our tagline is comics, caffeine, culture. And then we, we sent that out to be a little bit more like uh, with collectibles, cartoons, um, and things like that. So um, so we're really in that, um, that pop culture genre. Um, so Funko, um, when, we first, when we first came out, uh, Funko... Through some, I've, I'm, I also have another business, and I was sort of passed down from the top down. But um, uh, long story short, they've they've really partnered with us, right? Um, and they've provided us with cereal, with um, some really great, um, some really great exclusives, um, insight, and they've been super helpful in in our uh, in our growth. And it is a unique concept of something, and I, I have to ask, when someone's having the cereal or things, are they kind of like steered away from reading the stuff, like you know, reading the comics with the food, you know, if they haven't purchased it yet? 
So it's 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 a touchy thing. So in, in our original idea was to have a membership, and you could come in and read all the comics you wanted for uh, a specific uh, amount of money per month, which was twenty dollars a month. You also got twenty percent off anything you did purchase. That includes you know food and toys and comics and all that stuff. Um, and then you could just sit there and read whatever you wanted. Um, we didn't anticipate some logistical issues in that, which were the fact that when people can't necessarily afford to continue or there's issues and things pop up and, and what have you, um, that we've really built a community and a relationship with these people. And so they feel kind of like um, embarrassed, if you will, sometimes without not being able to participate in the program. So we've since uh, scrapped the membership and we're just kind of saying, hey, you know, if you want to read something, go ahead. Um, we don't want it to be like, a, you know, you come in every day on brand new comic book day and just grab 10 bucks and sit there and, and read it, you know, but we also don't want to deter people from, you know, one of the reasons why we started our, our program was it's called the Discovery Program, and it, we want people to find new titles. They, we want them to find things that they like before they buy them so they don't buy something they don't like or, you know, um, and, and in that membership program, too, we have what's called the Golisano Children's Hospital, and um, after three months, the, the comics sit there. We donate them to the to the Galasano Children's Hospital to the kids. So it's a, it's an opportunity for us there. I mean, we want to sell comic books, of course, but we also um, we also don't want to be the typical comic book shop with you know aisles and aisles uh, piled on top of each other, long boxes. Um, we want to have a real fresh, new, clean look. Um, plus, we also do serve food, so you know there's pesky laws involved with that. I mean, I've seen, like, you know, photos from a friend of the show, Jeremy Bagley, of, like, shots of the store, and it is a gorgeous-looking store. Yeah, yeah. It's impressive, and you want to have that visual aesthetic to also, you know, coincide with what you're doing, because comic shops have had that stigma of the quote-unquote nerd hall, where it's, like, you know, dark and gloomy. Right. But... Over the past few years, because of the revitalization, because of the Marvel movies and everything, people are going around enjoying this stuff. They're a lot more brighter. You go to Midtown Comics here in New York City. You go to Main Street Comics in Middletown, New York. You go to, let's see, what else? Um, I'm trying to think of like, some other shops like that. Secret Stash. Secret, Secret Stash, I've always said, is like going into a carnival with like the bright colors, like the way it pops. No pun intended, because they have a whole wall of pop runs. Um, and actually, I, I was a carny. I did actually travel with the carnival. Really? It's cool. And it, like, any kind like, crossover like that with comics, like what you saw like there kind of remind you of the comic book one, you know, fandom? Yeah, I mean, well, um... Yeah, I mean, of course, like, you know, whatever, wherever there's a carnival, you know, they typically set up in smaller towns and, you know, firemen's carnival and stuff like that. Wherever you're at, you're in the place to be for that town at that time, you know? Um, so we wanted that. We definitely want to be the place to be. We definitely want you to come in and feel like, wow, this is cool. I'm, I'm having fun, right? Um, we, we actually, um, you know, we pride ourselves on the fact that we're offering an experience, you know? We, we sell things, but above all else, you've got this you, this feeling while you're there and and I think that definitely is much like a carnival like you know you get that the, the, the lights the fun the sound you know we've got we've 
We've got cartoons playing on all our TVs. We've got, we've got you know, four big screen TVs. We've got a Nintendo Switch with um, you know Mario Party, Mario Kart, classic stuff. Um, we also have um, you know the the cereal boxes. We have lining the walls so you get that you know that like those colors and that feel. We got Disney music playing, wrestling themes. I mean, there's just so much going on. Well, now when you say the cereal boxes, I have to ask: Do you guys have like the retro cereal boxes up there as well? So we have currently what we have up is our is only the newer stuff. But I have been compiling a collection of retro cereal boxes that will. We're, we're in the process of doing a a, a a bit of an update remodel, and that's one of the things that'll be included in that. Is so right now the the cereal boxes are essentially our our menu, right? It's like you can get those cereals. On the I don't want to confuse people with the old stuff and the new stuff. I'm putting the old ones on a separate wall that's sort of dedicated to you know that that uh, that old school. Well, with cereal, I have to ask: Is there crackling old brands? Because crackling old brands pretty great. No, no. Should be. I mean, it's crackling. It's old. Yeah. And it's brand. Yeah. It's got three best things together. Sure. But we have a sweet. Uh, we do combos. Um, so we do some really bizarre stuff. Like, well, we're na- our name is Pop Rock, of course. So we have the Pop Rock, and Pop Rock is uh, Rice Krispies because Snap Crackle Pop, uh, Fruity Pebbles because you know they also. Um, Make some noise when you know, and then we top it with pop rocks and marshmallows. I remember there was a Powerpuff Girls cereal and it had pop rocks, like little things like pop rocks. Yeah, those were the like. I don't know why that doesn't like. You ever have like that one where the memory get triggered back into your memory? That yeah. subconscious thing. I love stuff like that. And there, I remember you know on the topic. Did you ever try the uh, Civil War cereal? Where you got to have, you know, Captain America and Iron Man fight on your We have multiple boxes of it waiting to be displayed, yeah. <laughs> it's such a... I'm surprised Marvel has not done more serials to promote their movies. Yes. Whereas, We're in a serial renaissance right now, man. I mean... And me doing keto, because of course now they have that. Yeah. I mean, look around. It's like everything. We just... We just put out uh, Honey Bun, uh, the Donette cereal, Hostess, he's his doing cereals. Um, Funko is doing all their cereals. Um, of course, Bootios. Yeah, of course, Bootios. Yeah. Um, have you ever seen the ingredients? It's hilarious. I, ha- I, I actually have not seen that. Pick, pick up a box of Bootios and check out the ingredients. They, um, I know, I'm trying to think. I remember they made a cereal for Batman v Superman, and they made two. There was a Batman cereal and a Superman cereal, and I'm surprised with Marvel they didn't do a Captain America one and a you know, Iron Man one. Mm. But they just mixed everything together, which is fine, I get that. But if I remember correctly, the Superman one was the better cereal of the two. I will tell you this, um, an idea just came to me. Recently we got these um, Beach Blast Captain Crunch, and they turned, when you pour the cereal and you pour the milk, eventually it would turn the milk blue, like ocean water, right? So I was just thinking, wouldn't it be neat if you had like uh, Iron Man versus Captain America, and depending on what color the milk turns, could it turn red or it could turn blue? Who wins the war? Right? I like that. Yeah. And I, on the topic of blue milk, I'm surprised that, you know, Disney has not done a Star Wars cereal utilizing some form of blue milk. I don't know why. Like, why haven't they done that? Yeah. That would be great. And regardless of the quote unquote toxic fandom of Star Wars nowadays, you know there would be people that would buy that by the, like, buy the bundle. You yeah. Know? I actually have a buy the bundle story. So I grew up really poor. 
and um, the only way we got to eat anything was as if it was on sale. And um, there was a there was uh, two cereals that we ate for years. Um, way past the expiration date. One was Adam's Family Cereal, and Adam's Family Cereal came with a flashlight attached to it, and it was one of the characters, one of the five characters. And so it went on sale somewhere, and of course my dad being a collector, by the way, my dad is the most insane collector. He's literally, I'm not even kidding you, has toys falling out of the kitchen cabinets, like just everywhere, everywhere. So if it has something themey or collectible, possibility at all my dad has gotten it goes without saying he probably has the Batman 89 cereal oh I'm sure I'm sure so we had like a hundred boxes of these Adams Family cereal and just ate at, to the point where we just could not eat it anymore for sure and I think the Batman one had a bank there was one with a bank and I think there was one with a um, Flashlight sounds like something they would have done with that too yeah like a, but man we had a ton of those too but I, and I'm, of course, I'm partial to the monster cereals, you know. You can't go wrong with Blueberry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Actually, Blueberry was my favorite. Blueberry yeah. is the best one. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Not many people, like, say that it's always either, uh, well, it's usually just count chocolate. You got you to gotta show love for Blueberry. Yeah, I mean, I get, I get it, and um, if it, any count chocolate people are out here um, listening, don't get mad at me, but it's, like, the most basic of the three, right? Because it's... Chocolate. I mean, you can get chocolate cereal, but where do you get blueberry cereal? I realize we're drifting away from the Marvel topic, but before we get back to that, I have to ask a question that I asked Eddie off mic once, and I had a conversation at work, and I had a full-blown argument with my best friend about this. Who is the bigger bitch, Dracula or the Mummy? Choose your answer carefully. Now, bigger bitch. I mean, I guess you'd have to define what you consider a bitch but um, uh, yeah I mean uh, I mean they both they both they both dress up right they both play dress up um, uh, yeah I mean I guess Dracula is a bit more you know thank you yeah um, case status rested I eyeshadow I, I and yeah my, my I always joke about that because then the comment of uh Doug Garnum of Haven for Heroes in Port Jervis, New York. He made the comment, though, Mummy's biggest villain, or biggest foe, is Stairs. And that I can absolutely see. And it just doesn't work so well. And escalators. Yeah. Fire. (laughs) Uh, It's Frankenstein's, too. Yeah. But, by the way, real quick, one more digression right before we get into the Marvel topics. I got a feeling this isn't the last digression, but it, go ahead. It probably won't be for either of us. Look at you! Oh god! Well, yeah, there's literally over there. But um, yeah, the cereal boxes, the vintage cereal boxes. If you found fruit, uh, yummy mummy and fruit fruit. No, those ones are yeah, those are impossible. Because yeah. those would be perfect to have hanging up, as well as the Mr. T cereal. Yeah. Just straight up Pee Wee's Big Adventure, you know. Yeah. So now, like we were saying earlier, this whole episode is involving toys, and we're going to talk about cereal too because pop rock and the idea of that, that is again, so, so such a cool concept. With Marvel toys though, would you say we are in the renaissance now of the Marvel toys and the Marvel Legends? You know, I don't know. I, I feel like... You know, it's weird when we talk about Marvel Legends because they're such great figures, and I love the Build-A-Figure. I, I, lo- I love, love, love that. Uh, they, they do 
But here's the thing. Sometimes, like, who is who is picking these things? Sometimes it's like, you, how did you how did you pick, yeah, exactly? How did you pick that guy? You know? And even sometimes with the build a figure, you're like, that's your build a figure. It reminds me of the episode of Justice League where Gorilla Grodd takes over, and um, and uh, he like makes. Um, Lex Luthor do all this work for him and it's like a two part series and then finally uh, Garad divulges his major plan which is to turn everybody into apes or gorillas monkeys and um, and Lex Luthor pulls out a gun and goes that was your big plan I was going to wait another couple weeks for this but he shoots him you know takes back over it's like I could have turned it around any other time but the idea is like how are some of these characters characters that we're picking my wow. biggest disappointment for a Build-A-Figure was the first wave of Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2, mm-hmm. where the Build-A-Figure was some random, like, tiger face. Mm-hmm. And then Wave 2, then they gave us Mantis. Really? You're going to do that? Why, why wouldn't you have Mantis first and then the other character? Mm-hmm. I get why, because they're trying to slowly get everybody out, but... Mantis would have been a much better choice. It reminds me of the of the wrestling figures. Have you ever noticed that there's like just like a couple really dope wrestlers? You're like, yes, that is awesome. And then you get like garbage, like Virgil number three. You, know, you like, stopped that with the Virgil. Virgil had the wrestling superstar banner, and that was pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. But I love like I actually spoke this weekend with one of the representatives from Mattel and as a big something to wrestle with first picture fan, I had to make the suggestion of Brother Love and another Rakim just because. But the idea of like a lot of these figures, yeah, there's tons and they're like the millhouses of, you know, these action figures. Yeah. I remember I got the, the first, I bought the entire first wave of Guardians of the Galaxy, the first one from 2014. I remember getting them because when Volume 2 came out, they re-released all the old figures. They pulled them out of the back at Target. They're like, oh, no one's buying these. Let's just throw them back out again. And I remember getting Guardians of the Galaxy Iron Man. And it was the comic version, which, that's fine. I don't care. But it feels like a waste when you have all these other characters. You could have went, that's not going to be used for the collector. It could have been used for Roman, but instead it was used for something comic-related, I get. But so while we're talking about uh, toys, if I, if you don't mind, I'll, I'll host for a little while here. What's the thought on you know like this? We just said we just saw Jeffrey the Giraffe, right? So there's no more Toys R Us, and not for nothing. You know, I, I went into Toys R Us a couple years ago, and I had asked where the SDCC stuff was, and they and they took them 20 minutes over the intercoms to figure out what SDCC even was. So it's not like they were like the most knowledgeable group of toy people. But what are, where do you think this? goes from here man like because you mentioned target i love target by the way it's my safe place it's my like my happy place but i'm also you know a dad and um my target runs are like you know my me time my daddy time <laughs> but um but what do we do from here right so i think it's gonna be a lot of like exclusive comic troops mm-hmm. and one of the questions i asked during the uh, round robin discussion is would Marvel ever consider doing exclusives for Marvel Legends? And and I feel with Toys R Us gone, 
in regards to like at least making exclusives, they're really the only option. But as a straight up toy store, Target is the best bet. And I like Target, but I feel like their toy variety can be lacking on occasion. I agree. Yeah. Marvel Legends are always the way they are for like three months, and then nothing happens. And sometimes a figure will just show up out of the blue. Otherwise, it's just the same. Again, by me, they they still have Misty Knight hanging. That's a figure from 2014. Right. Right. So. Yeah, I'm I'm interested to find out. I mean, we're not a huge we. You know, we, I, I collect. I'm a I'm a toy collector, so that's what I do, right? I'm not really, if I'm being honest. I mean, I read comics, but I'm not really big into the comics. Um, I'm not, you know, I, my my specialty is the toys for sure. And right now, I, I love the Funkos. Um, I know that a lot of people don't. <laughs> I mean, people do. They buy them, but toy store owners are like, I mean, how many of these can I can I can I buy? It does feel like it has you know, I've, I talked about this, and, and, and it doesn't. It just doesn't. Because they never made a, um, you know, they never made a Spider-Man. You know what I mean? Like, now they have. They made a Spider-Man Beanie Baby. Right, but they're making generic, like, a lizard and uh, a horse, and, you know. And, um, and I get and it, I, you know, I get that. But, um, yeah, but, no, I, I don't think it is. I think it's much bigger than that. And what I really love about... Funko is that they could they possibly could never run out of material when you think about it. I mean, they said when in the interview you're going to hear later on, they said they had like about 2,000 licenses, over 2,000 licenses. Right. And I'm looking at like what they had in the display. They sent for myself. Yeah. And just random characters. Right. I mean, there's still so much more out there, right? Old stuff, especially. Um, but the great thing about, like, one of the things that we talked about when we opened the place and being in this pop culture thing is we can always, we can, sh- if people don't like this, we can always shift into the next Stranger Things or the next this or the next that. I mean, there's no shortage of pop culture, right? I mean, it's popular, right? You know? Yeah. And, like, Stranger Things, by the way, is a thing that blew up amazingly. I remember when Stranger Things happened. Within a week, I saw a, a pop line on Mm-hmm. And that was official from Funko. They're like, yeah, we don't have the license, but we just made this. And, and that was the one that came. Yeah. Because they're also like the pulse of pop culture. Yeah. I'm just concerned with the toy industry as a whole, like where we, at least the collectible ones, the kind of stuff we're talking about, right? I mean, there's always going to be kids and uh, slinkies and stuff like that, but where do we go from here? Um, you know, there's no real specialty stores. Comic book stores, you have to remember, man, they're not, the. you know, you, you could name the biggest comic books. It's, they're not... There's no um, uh, comic book stores that are, are franchised, right? So, you know, w- how do we get into each individual comic book store? Well, we go through Diamond, which, you know, um, Diamond is a whole another beast on its own. But, like, but how do we, you know, where do we, where do guys, like, and I, I'll even say me because, you know, I own one little store in Rochester, New York. It's not like I'm this big conglomerate or anything. So where do you and I go and find really cool toys because you can't really find them in I mean you can find stuff at my place but I can't spend a million dollars on toys you know I just can't um, and who can I mean I, I couldn't imagine Midtown you know could do I can imagine any of the names that you could think of was would be able to carry the amount of stuff that I see coming out all the time Midtown is absolutely crazy in the sense of how prepared they are for everything and 
this week the uh, paperback came out of Tom King's Mr. Miracle, and it's a very popular series, you know, very critically acclaimed. And the comic writer, Dan Slott, would have been saying, I went to my local comic shop because he lives in New York City, and goes, I couldn't find the book. Then I tweeted back to him, you should have gone to Midtown, where they have a crap time. Like they had many, 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 and it was already Saturday, and quite a few people online were buying that book, myself included. Mm-hmm. So, there's a level of preparedness some shops have to have, and then other ones like Midtown, where they have that luxury. We, the quote-unquote world's most famous toy store, or comic book store. But that's the, that's where I'm going with this, right? We're talking toys. Comics, sure. I can order, you know, my local, my, you know, the comic book shop's got 150, you know, 200 copies. You can get as many of those as you want. But the toys, that's where really I believe that there's a, there's an issue. There is an issue with with toys. Where are all the people that are set up here at Toy Fair? Where is Where are all their toys going to be? Where are they going to be? They all can't be in Target. They all can't be in... I mean, do you do Walgreens? You see the Walgreens exclusives and all that? Like, I, the funniest thing is I actually never get to see any Walgreens exclusives unless they're like the really crappy ones because everyone buys them. Oh yeah, for sure. So but 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 how smart? How cool? Oh, I have I I have I get them. Yeah, yeah, they're so they're very cool. Very very cool vinyl. But it's just it's an interesting. You know, I'd love to hear thoughts on where we go from here because you know, little little mom and pop comic book shops can't do it and you know I mean even the places that are trying to break into it if I if you had you know GameStop garbage 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 GameStop you're garbage like get out of the toy game stick with what you know and they already learned this lesson because they're getting crushed in their toys I guarantee it okay so where else is there where do you go get toys you know Right. Yeah. And like I remember, I saw the uh, WWE pop uh, or the pop the WWE uh, GameStop exclusives from Mattel. I'm like, really? Samoa Joe? Like, I, I get this, but I wouldn't want this figure. Right. Right. And whereas you look at, you know, what was GameStop's Marvel Legends exclusive? Spider-Man from the uh, PS4 game, and it looked cool. Yeah, it was very cool. I feel like unless you're doing exclusives, otherwise it doesn't matter, you know? Right, you'll find all that stuff sitting like I, I know from my, my personal experience. You do get some stuff. Don't get me wrong. I mean, there's some iconic stuff. People come in, and I'm in an eclectic neighborhood in downtown Rochester. We're very close to the museums and all the action, and uh, a really cool uh, independent movie theater and that kind of thing. So you know, you you, you we we sell some I think uh, things that would be different from the average you know uh, shop. And of course, we're not the average shop, so we get a bit of an eclectic crowd as it is um but overall yeah oh absolutely and that's it's funny because um it's funny because i think that in a way um some of the collectors some of the you know the hardcore collectors in town and some of the other shops are kind of you know sticking their nose up at us a little bit and saying oh well they're not really a comic shop or they're not really a, a toy shop but um, I put up our I put up our collection, you know, against 
anybody's, you know. I'm sorry, we don't want to do things the same old way. And I also don't want to compete. People tell us we should serve alcohol. We don't serve any alcohol. Why would I do that? Now I'm automatically competing with everybody. You know, like... Oh, yeah. So it's just, yeah, yeah. I don't want to be like every other place. So just because I'm not like every other place doesn't mean I'm really not like that. You know, like, you can still come and get very cool stuff from us, you know. Um, again, this sounds like something I would actually really love, and especially, like, in my younger years, too. Like, that would have been like, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. I can read Kevin Smith Green Arrow and have a box of Fruity Pebbles right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That sounds like a good time. Yeah. I think the, the you know, one of the big things that I, I, I Ron Funches, you know who Ron Funches is, oh, comedian Ron Funches, yeah, yeah, uh, great, great dude, he's, he's my spirit animal, him and, him and Ken Masters are, are, so if you're visually trying to figure out what I look like, um, it's a mixture between uh, Ron Funches and Ken Masters, uh, and saying that, uh, when I met him, he came into our shop, uh, really loved it, and uh, he made a really interesting point that really stuck with me, and he said, you know, leave it to adults to take things from kids, like toys, and tell them they can't play with them anymore. You know, I thought like, wow, that's really powerful, and we and we are we are unlike that in any way because we provide a toy box. We we want kids to come in. You know how you got into to reading and collecting. You know how I did. We did it as as kids. We did it because that's what our parents did. That's because you know the, what it is. And so we want to foster these relationships with a younger generation, so they'll grow up. And we'll be the shop. That now we'll be the normal comic book shop. We'll be the normal place you go and get a cup of coffee and read a, a comic book, right? You know. But but right now we're we're maybe a little not normal, and we're totally fine with that. But at some point we're going to be. This is like why would you go to a comic book shop where you can't even look, you can't even read the first page without them going, "Hey, but it's not a library." You know what I mean? Like, but but here we're giving you that option. Here we're saying, "Sit down, man, hang out." And we can do that because we're not just a comic book shop. If you rely solely on selling that comic book, then yeah, of course you don't want people reading it before they buy it or reading it and not buying it. And as someone who runs a comic shop, I have to ask, I've made this comparison to many of my friends that you know work at comic book shops. Comic book shop employees are nerd bartenders. Mm-hmm. You end up having like a conversation. Yeah, or you should be, you should be. And it's the best. Like I... I'm on, you know, first name basis with almost every single comic shop I go to. That's a very rare thing. Mm. And it's cool to see that. It's cool. Like, I'm already on a first name basis with some people in Midtown. And I don't live in New York City, but they know who I am. And it's kind of cool. Mm-hmm. And you end up just, like, having conversations about these friendships, these bonds. Right. Right, and you, and you should. You absolutely should. Um, I agree with you 100%. And, you know, when I, another thing that I always envisioned is the, uh, this barbershop mentality, right? Yes. Where you come in and you're arguing over, like, you know how they argue over, like, ah, you know, you, you've seen Coming to America, you know, like, you know, every time I talk about boxing, right? You know, so we wanted to have that sort of uh, that, that place where it, was, where it was fun, but still, like, you know, Superman's better than Batman. What, are you crazy? Batman's better than Superman. Why is it, you know, we want to have these conversations in person with people, right? But at the same time, too, I wanted to break down that stereotype that we're all Big Bang Theory. Like, we don't know how to talk to girls, and we're, like, lucky if we find a, a good girl, or, like, you know, we're, we're, we're psychologists and college professors. I mean, get out of here with that stuff. We're, we are regular people, just like everybody else, you know? Everybody reads comic books, or every type of person reads comic books. We're not geeks. Right. We're not, uh, we're not, we're not, um, 
a comedian, by the way, which is like a, of a comic, which, you know, whatever. Um, but the idea that we have to be these, like, the geek patrol, you know, um, is ridiculous. And we, we want to break that stereotype down. Uh, you know, and I, I think I think that's probably one of the more important things on my mind is like, dude, I'm six five, two hundred forty five pounds. Look at me, you know, I'm 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 in shape. I, you know what Gee, I mean? Like, Mr. um, I don't think I'm the. I wouldn't come across as someone you'd be like, dude, you're a big comic book guy. Like, you know what I mean? You own a comic book shop, um, and and I love that. I love that. I love that. And the level of, like I said. Seeing the gatekeeping garbage getting slowly pushed away, and those people that are the gatekeepers get ostracized. And I love them. Like I've had conversations with a lot of women who work at comic shops, and I just say flat out, like, how often do you get that? And they go, Well, you have no idea. Oh yeah. And if you feel bad. Yeah, yeah. And you know, throwing, I'm, I'm, uh, we're, we're looking to put together one of the, the. I would like to consider. I mean, of course, nothing's happened yet, but the coolest comic. Um, con Comic Con idea I've ever heard. Once again, doing something totally different. Um, this year, we're looking to break out of the convention center and really bust out into the streets with having multiple venues, having multiple experiences happening. Where, where um, one of the things that we talk about in the Comic Con world is this idea that we're super inclusive, right? We we respect women, we respect cosplayers, LGBTQ, all those things, which is true. But there is no free aspect it costs money to walk in the door no matter what and we really want to include all those things all those great things and some free elements we want to be able to you know it always gets me too about cosplayers cosplayers come they're one of the main i would say i would say at a comic-con cosplaying is probably 50 percent if not more of the experience of a comic-con yet that person who's spending money to get dressed up taking the time and effort is paying to get in to become one of your attractions that's kind of crappy. Yeah. So, if you cosplay, you should get a discount or something at the very least. But for us, we want to have that in the streets. We want a city uh, like downtown Rochester, who, by the way, throws the International Jazz Festival with over 250,000 people. If you followed numbers, the, the attendance this year, San Diego and New York City, 250,000 people. We are so, so, like, totally could do this, right? Hotels, we can, international airport, we have all the logistics. We do it. We do it well. But more importantly, what we have is the, or, or including in that, I won't say more importantly, we've got the National Toy Hall of Fame with the Strong Museum at, at our, in, in Rochester. So that's just like a few months. 500,000 people a year come to that place. We're looking to get over a million people a year to come through the doors um, in their expansion, which is slated to finish in 2020. So um, we've got some really, we've got some really, f- fun and exciting things that are that happen in in rochester already and we know we can do this now you we talked about um new york city before this and how packed it was and it's almost like i mean it's a great con don't get me wrong i mean guys are doing great but it's it's uncomfortable i mean it's 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 uncomfortable it's and jacob java center is expanding so hopefully that you know blah 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 but there's only so much you can do inside of a convention center you know only so much and so we really want to break out we want to have free events so low-income families or just families man i want to bring my family but i don't want to spend sixty dollars per person 
person per, you know what I mean? We're talking hotel, the whole nine yards. We're looking at thousands of dollars just in travel costs and, 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 and tickets. So we want to be able to have some free options for kids, for families. And then we want to have um, exclusive experiences. If you're into to old comic books, it's, it'll be free or $2 to go into the old comic book area. If you were into Funkos, we'll have a Funko area. It'll be a couple bucks or nothing to walk into the Funko area. You see what I'm saying? Um, and we'll have these, we'll have wrestling events. We'll have like all this pop culture stuff. I want to have the most amount of movie replica cars ever in one place or vehicles for that matter, right? Could you imagine having every Batmobile not just that one Batmobile, not just that one Ghostbuster car, that Scooby-Doo van, all of them, a hundred different, right, you know, uh, in, a, in a parking lot where it's, a, it's like a car show, but just for <laughs> movie stuff, right? But you can do that inside of a city, but you couldn't do that inside of a, of a convention center. Right, and it spaces at a premium. You're running out, and this is only getting more popular, Right. So, um, so that's what we're we're, we're actually uh, putting that together uh, for this I year. Um, we're 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 pushing pretty hard to get get that done. Yeah. Conventions are like there's so many conventions coming up, but with an idea you need to learn that. I agree. I agree 100%, and that's why we want to do it. I mean, if I wanted to do, we Rochester has convention, has comic conventions, right? You know, five thousand people in a convention center. You know, cool. It's cool. I, I don't, I don't want to do that. You know, I, I want, I want a hundred thousand people in downtown Rochester in cosplay, walking all over the place. You know, going to restaurants, hanging out, doing experiences, seeing this, seeing that, you know. I once went to dinner with my co-host, Eddie, to East Coast Comic Con. He was in costume as Beetlejuice, and it was one of the most entertaining things I've sure. ever seen in my life. Yeah. And, you know, I would say when you go to New York City, there's always my favorite game during New York Comic Con. Is it a cosplayer or a really eccentric New Yorker? And some, sometimes it's very hard to figure that out. Sure. Oh, it's got a mallet? No, that's that's Harley Quinn, right? No. No, that is not. Oh, oh. That's that Daryl Quinn. <laughs> uh, but yeah, there's like so much the convention scene and the comic scene, the evolution of the stories and this culture. It's again, I I think I think it's gonna be, this is gonna be the new take a shot if you hear me say this on the show, but the stuff we got beat up for is kids. Oh yeah, and it's cool. It is, but you know, and and I still hold a little resentment. I'm not gonna lie, you know, for all the people that, um, um, for all the people that talked crap are now like wearing Captain America t-shirts and don't know who Steve Rogers is, but like, you know, cool Captain America shirt or Batman, you know. Steve Rogers, that was that, that was uh, Wonder Woman's love interest. Yeah, yeah, of course. Um, and we're going to keep it that way for you, buddy. <laughs> um, but you know what I'm saying, right? Like, and now it's become almost like to the point where it's like everybody. I mean, clearly, right? These movies will do billions of dollars, yeah. you know, yeah. in, in sales um, worldwide. And, and they're the biggest thing going. I mean, the biggest by far. So. And, you know, so now as the weeks are going by, I want to start now, whenever we get somebody different on, the idea of predictions. Endgame is happening, and like I had mentioned earlier in the show, 
New York Comic Con, like I mentioned earlier in the show, Toy Fair, because I keep confusing the two, has not had anything shown with Endgame. The embargo going on with Marvel, they want to keep everything as tight-knit as possible. People are actually laughing about the idea of, oh, well, when does us clearly Spider-Man lives because they just released the Far From Home trailer. When you watch that trailer, you see the little uh, passport he has. It doesn't have a date on there. Nothing's on there of, like when they did the uh, passport was issued. So it's like, little things like that where they're trying to keep... No, you're still guessing. You still gotta guess. Is, is this before or after the snap? We don't know. And I like the... like. It's literally BSAS. Mm-hmm. Before snap, after snap. And... With Endgame, what do you think is going to happen in that movie? We were talking about this like when I ran into you here earlier. Well, first of all, let me tell you, before the movie even came out, the original one, right? OG, whatever. <laughs> the first one, where the, before the snap. Okay. I, t- I predicted that they would do this, and I'll tell you why. That Those movies are stacked yeah. with guys who want lots of money. Okay. How do you continue to make those kind of movies with those, with all those characters in it? With those, I apologize, with those actors playing those characters, okay? So here's what I think is going to happen. This is my big revelation. I think that they're going to introduce new actors as characters. Kind of like it, what was rumored from the DCEU with Flashpoint, where like, oh, Bruce Wayne is now all of a sudden so-and-so. Right, because I don't... I, you just can't keep paying these guys. And plus, some of these guys don't want to do it anymore. You know what I mean? Like, um, But you can't pay all these people to do to be in these movies. Like, you just can't. Um, unless they're doing these snap things. They're in, they're out, they're in, they're out, they're in, they're out kind of thing. But I still don't even know like what the appearance on that would look like. But still... So my idea, I think, is that... Well, first of all, I don't think that it's the end. I don't think Thanos is going to die. I don't think any of those things are going to happen. I think that it's the... The end game is the... Is they're fighting towards the end game. It's not the end. Yeah. They, they're going to go to space, clearly. Captain Marvel. They've got all that... Uh, you know, they've got a lot of stuff happening in that... Uh, in that world. Scrawl Cree. There's so many uh, other things we can be doing. Dark Phoenix. The Captain Marvel movie, I think that's actually the start of who is the new lead of all the MCU. Mm-hmm. So Phase 4 on, I think it's going to be her. Mm-hmm. And I think we're finished. It, think you hearing good things about that movie? I haven't heard any. I've heard, like, well, I've heard, like, test screenings that it's done very well, and apparently Goose is, like, one of the character that steals, like, the most scenes. So the cat, if you know, if you haven't heard who the character is. Yeah, yeah. It's... I'm, I'm actually, I've said before, Captain Marvel has, for me, what Star Wars used to have. When I say that, I mean, I'm getting ready to go see the movie, and I'm consuming as much content as possible involving the character. I'm reading Captain Marvel right now, the Kelly Sue DeConnick book, and loving the hell out of it, because I'm on the hype train right now for Captain Marvel. I wasn't, like, a month and a half ago. I was like, eh, whatever. Now I'm on the hype train, just closer to, like... I kind of do want to know more about Kim. Mm-hmm. What's going on with her? You know what I really like the Marvel is doing is those true believers. Yes. The, they're a buck. And it's just back issues reissued that are, that are, you know, just really good staple issues that you should be reading or should know before you go to these one of these movies. You know what I mean? You know they 
spoiled the post-credits scene from Infinity War with the uh, True Believers. No, I didn't. It was actually. a whole month of Thanos books. And in one week, it was, I believe, Infinity Gauntlet number one and the first appearance of Carol Danvers. Why is Carol Danvers in there? There's no Thanos in that book. It was a Carol Danvers book. Mm. So I found it funny that they spoiled it the week that movie came out. They're like, ah, here, here's this too. Why are you doing, Car- why are you doing Carol this month? should go see a movie sometime yeah all right i will i'll go see what men want i don't know but um <laughs> the idea of just all these different things the the build-up like i said star wars i used to have that and then the fan base the last night i the worst movie i've ever seen in my life i don't care so i i thought it was okay it wasn't a great movie why are you still talking about this movie a year and a half later mm. i thought they were all very good they, it is what it is it wasn't the best thing Last Jedi wasn't my favorite Star Wars movie, but it wasn't, like, the worst thing I've ever seen, you know? Yeah, I mean, it was just, I call it um, Star Wars of the Caribbean, you know? <laughs> it was, like, basically a, uh, you know, Pirates of the Caribbean movie. Uh, it was Disney to the to the fullest extent. I don't like happenstance. I don't like, you know, when uh, Finn falls over, you know, he's fighting uh, Captain Phasma and falls into the pit. You're like, oh, dude, he died. Everybody lands on the ship and, like, ah, I'm like, ah, oh, man, I... Disney, yeah. Disney, you got me. But uh, or what about the whole scene with BB-8 controlling that one robot? Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. So yeah, but I mean, again, hundred percent Disney. But like I said, when the Last Jedi came out, I wasn't consuming more Star Wars stuff afterwards or beforehand. I actually was doing my marathon of all the movies beforehand. I like, I was going in order, so I was going one, two, three, Rogue One, five, four, five, six, etc. I abandoned halfway through, I think, uh, Return of the Jedi. I'm, wa- I'm actually reading right now a Star Wars series. It's Dr. Afra? Opera. Yeah, Opera. Um, and it is really good. She's like a uh, lesbian Indiana Jones in space. It's amazing. She, they're, they're actually making... I really good. At the uh, Hasbro event, they're making a Dr. Afra action figure. Yeah. And they're making the two killer droids. So that's nice. Even, that's even better. They're black card, too, so that's even cooler. Yeah. But I like the idea of that when you're getting ready for these things, you're hyped for it. You want to consume as much content. When I saw when I was getting ready to see Spider-Verse, I was rereading the Spider-Verse storyline. I was rereading all of that stuff. And I was, like, afraid after the movie, like, all my interest will wane. No, I was still reading Spider-Verse-related content for, like, a good three more weeks. Mm. So... You have that, and you have... P.S. Spider, that Spider-Man movie may be the best superhero movie of all time. You're the, you are in good company, because I agree. I absolutely agree. I had a friend come in, and he screamed as he walks through the door, that movie is the best movie ever, and I go, come on. And he you goes, saw it. and then, no, no, I already saw it. I said, come on. And he goes, name a better one. And I was like, uh, uh, oh man, you might be right. Because I don't know of a better one. I would say closest thing to best movie for this, for Spider-Verse, was my former number one favorite comic book movie of all time, Logan. Logan was a movie where you had a character that you were invested. Like, Logan only worked if you were invested in the character for 17 years. Sure. With all the movies, you're like, all right, now I get it because I've been watching this, this. And then you see the final movement of, so that's what that feels like. And then, you know, you have that. Yeah. And it's cathartic. You have, like, the whole, just the end. 
But then you have Spider-Verse, which is a love letter, not just to the character, not just to Marvel, not just to the fans, and not just to comic books in general. It is to comic books in general. It's just everything. The animation style has like that, you look really close, like Kevin Smith pointed out on his thing. If you look at the characters, sometimes like the color will fade out of the side of their head because it's going out of the lines, like the production errors in comics. You see that in the old school, like Hulk issues or mm. the Space. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they did it on the big screen. Yeah, yeah. No, I loved it. I thought it was absolutely great. Yeah. Absolutely great. I can nitpick it, but you know, anything can be nitpicked. But we spent our we spent our whole lives waiting for stuff like this to come out, and now we're gonna. I can't shit on it. I can't. Yeah, <laughs> you like I can't. I did. Uh, unpopular opinion. I really didn't like the last Avengers movie, but I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna shit all over it. I'm glad they made it. I'm glad they did it. I it was a little visually assaulting, and like, see, I it was a lot. The, but I like the movie. But I remember when we did our review of it. I was the only person who didn't give it a perfect ten out of ten. I didn't move it to the number one spot. I'm like, right. We all watched the same movie, right, guys? Yeah, I thought it was the best one. I'm like, no. And I retained my number one, which. I don't know if you'll agree or not. My number one for the MCU is Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Two mm. because the story. Like, I every, don't. Just for the record, I don't agree with you. But I, go ahead. I love that one for like all the interconnectedness of each relationship in there and how they all tied in together uh. and the relationship. Like you see each one they build. They build like they learn from all of their mistakes. They learn from this. They learn to be better characters. You don't get any better than that. But there are like movies. What is your number one in the MCU? I, I have never sat down and I don't think I I don't think I could I don't think I could do that I'll, I'll write it in later right on um, I mean I'm a, I'm a big Captain America fan always I always have been um, that Thor Ragnarok movie was uh, out of the left field great movie yeah um, I went in like, I actually on my initial view I didn't really care for it like I was like it's okay it's not as good as everyone's saying it is and then I rewatched it, and then I rewatched it again, etc., etc. Yeah. It was it was solid, and it was one of those Marvel movies where you're seeing this and you're enjoying all again. You care about characters that you otherwise would not have. Right. Korg is a popular character. Hayden, he's literally like one of the underground favorites, and again at the Hasbro presentation, he got a reaction when they revealed Korg and Grandmaster. Yeah. They, they made the Marvel Legends like people I, I think Marvel really missed out, at least in the movie cinematic <clears throat> universe, on doing a real Hulk. Yeah. Like those guys sending him out into space, him landing on this planet, becoming a Jesus of sorts where he finds his like well not Jesus, I don't want to say that, but you know, um, you know, finds find, finds his yeah, finds his uh, finds his wife, has a kid, you know, all these things are happening, his life's turned around, he's fine they got him off the planet. They, you know, it's great, boom, then the bomb goes off, everybody dies, he comes back, he's madder than hell. When he gets to the planet, it gives me goosebumps every time when he gets to the moon and he goes after Black Bolt and he comes running at him and, and a black bull goes, enough. And it's just a little hit. And, and you're like, oh, snap. Sorry, Hulk. You mean a Thanos snap or just regular snap? No, just the regular snap. Just like the old school snap in Z and 3, you know. Um, no, I was like, wow. He, he, yeah, he's done. Sorry, dude, Hulk. I, I feel for you, but that's Black Bull. And then he busts out and says, I didn't come here to hear you whisper. I came to hear you scream and goes at him. I mean, literally, I have goosebumps. And... I mean, what a shame they had it. They didn't take the time to make that movie. 
Greg Pak is one of those comic writers that no matter what you give him, he will knock it out of the park. The man writes John Wick comics. Sure. And they're good. They're really good. They hold up to the Keanu Reeves personification of the character. Mm-hmm. And you're reading this. My mom loves the John Wick movies. She's reading the comics and she's like, are you getting the next one? I want to read it. God, yeah. And I'm like, okay, okay. But there's that element of how beloved these stories are too. Like, it is, and like it, it can be disheartening when you see these runs, these stories get turned around like ever so slightly. Sure. Like, I would say, for example, Iron Man three. Everyone complains about the Mandarin, but I feel like the biggest disservice of that movie was the misinterpretation of the Extremis story. Mm-hmm. Extremis is a great story. It's really one of Warren Ellis's Marvel masterpieces. Complete fumble, and it shouldn't be. For that story, you don't fumble that. You make that as good as humanly possible. So now, before we go, because we got some stuff still that we have to do at the show, mm. before we go, let's go segue over to our round robin uh, interview section from Hasbro's press event from day one of New York Toy Fair. And then we're going over to Christopher Sully, the interview I conducted with the Funko social media manager. Yeah, I mean, we're, we are so excited um, for the film, everything we've heard about it. Um, we have a really full product line, not on, not just Legends, but also, you know, fashion dolls and role play. And actually, quite a quite a few iterations of Captain Marvel. I think we, we counted four different ones, right? We have the bomber jacket, we have the normal mohawk, we have the Star Force exclusive, and then we have the binary exclusive. So, you know, we, we think the character is going to be great, and we have a lot of offerings uh, for the film. Yeah. I think I asked you guys this um, last year about Toys R Us. This was before Toys R Us was actually finished. And I asked if you guys were going to have any issue with uh, retail sales. Uh, now that they actually completely gone in the U.S., have you guys had to make any big adjustments as far as getting stuff out into other retail spots? And are there any plans for more retail stores aside from Target or Walmart or Walgreens? Uh, in terms of future put in future products, yeah. yeah, I mean, as you saw in our presentation, we have you know a host of mainline and retail exclusives. We continue to partner with you know uh, parties such as you know Amazon, Target, and Walmart. But our fan channel, we have exclusive fan channel items. I think all the Hasbro brands do. So those are newish stores, not not entirely new, but we you know continue to strive for uh, distribution to get all of our great products into the hands of fans everywhere. I noticed uh, the hair sculpts on a lot of the figures have gotten a little bit more elaborate. I'm curious to know if you guys have ever seen some Marvel Legends customizers out there on social media and whatnot, if you've ever been inspired by seeing oh, yeah. some of that and thinking, hey, we can do that too. Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah, definitely. I mean, you know, the old days, the hairs were just one piece, you know, something yeah. that you could draft and pull out of a mold really, really easily, but, yeah. uh, you know, with, uh, with customizers upping their game, yeah. um, with us been doing this for as long as we have, we're always looking for new ways to reinvent what you see and believe as a legend today and to see what we can do to make sure that our stuff you know is the benchmark for the industry could you name drop any of the customizers you like or um, I don't I don't I wouldn't want to do that because there are so many really good ones out there I wouldn't want to single out a couple individual ones but 
uh, we have you know our uh, our engineering team, our model shop are also super super fans, and they're always bringing some of the latest and greatest to all of our attention through yeah. emails of like, did you see this? It's amazing. You know. Have you ever gotten any ideas or inspiration from watching toy reviews, and has that affected any of the? Uh, the way you've approached making any of the figures at all. Oh yeah, launching. yeah, yeah. No, uh, you know, I mean, you know, a lot of a lot of the, you know, there's 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 a, there's sometimes the toy reviews are just you know, absolutely crazy the the comments that some of the reviewers uh, have for their stuff. But a lot of them, the ones that you know generally are are talking about the product in front of them and what they like and what they don't like is very helpful for us because we don't get it right the first time every time, which is a good thing because it gives us a chance to revisit things to give you you know a much better, much more improved thing a year or two years down the line you know which enter 80th anniversary enter 10th anniversary you know if we weren't able to learn from our mistakes to hear what the fans uh, are are saying out there and what they want to see us change you know we're just going to kind of be in a box and that's only going to get us so far so hearing what you guys are doing uh and what you want to see uh on your roofs is very helpful yeah i think bottom bottom line we just you know we don't operate in a bubble so whether it's customizers we're texting each other look at this awesome job like should we do a character like this you know maybe maybe not or just watching the feedbacks and the reviews we take it all into consideration and we just really appreciate just the discussion i think overall yeah you wrote real quick on the 80th anniversary stuff how's that uh coming again how are you guys putting that out so that is so the 80th program is a fall program of 10 items, which are mainline and exclusive, which you saw in the presentation. But then some other items uh, that are comic book related specifically have the 80th anniversary logo on it. So you've noticed on Deadpool and Professor X, they have the 80th logo. The new X-Men Retro series that we just announced, which will be a separate fall wave by itself, that's technically part of 80th. Um, because it is very, you know, uh, vintage toy focused, which is one of the themes they're doing. So um, we're kind of, it is a full year program, but then we have that one big fall uh, 10 item program uh, that you saw. Dwight, you've yeah. said before that you like uh, one of your favorite teams that you want to do was the Reavers, mm-hmm. right? And we talked about that like two, three years ago. Now, finally, we're seeing the introduction of it, and I'm a big X-Men fan, so we're seeing more of the classic blue and gold teams, yep. well, most of the blue. Um, what would be some other teams that you'd like to work on, like maybe Star Jammers or finish up the Reavers? I, I definitely want more Reavers. i got to figure out a way to trick everybody and let me put Bone Crusher as a Build-A-Figure at some point in the future. Um, I don't know if he'd be next in line. I think we have a few other ideas maybe before him, but I would love to see something like uh, Bone Crusher to get out there. I mean, we still need we need a lot of them. We need Death Strike. We need Pierce. We need uh, there's you know there's piles more still to do. So. Um, I would definitely like to finish up them. Star Jammers are awesome. I would love to get a Corsair and Hepsba, yes. like, you know, two-pack or something like that for some of those. Especially now that Captain Marvel's big, you yeah. kind of, you know. Yeah, going that. into the cosmic stuff. I mean, I'm, I love the X-Men. Uh, I don't know how deep we would go, but I'd love to see some Shi'ar. You know, there's a lot of uh, great stuff that, you know, while with the vast volumes of the X-Men we're giving you, there is still so many universes and sub-universes to explore. Speaking um, of the Shi'ar, um, Lelandra. Yeah the alternate head with uh, Mystique. Mystique. Yeah. Is, are we seeing her getting her own body or is that supposed to go with Silver Sable? Uh, it can go with Silver Sable. It's really up to that. That's up to your discretion. Okay. You and all of the fans, whatever you guys think you would like to do with it, you know, do it. We're, tr- we're always trying to find a way to throw some fun little things at you guys and, you know, there was no opportunity to do Lalandra today, but we're like, we have the ability to do a character like Mystique who can shapeshift into absolutely anybody yeah, she wants to. Yeah, I think that to. point was missed on 
It's like, it's yeah. our mutant power, guys. We can put any head in there. It actually works, right? Yeah. So. I wanted to ask how large do you think you guys will ever be able to get with the build a figure? Like, I just got the Kree Sentry figure, right? Yeah. Uh, it looks amazing, but I feel like it could have been taller, mm -hmm. like just larger. So I have a feeling that you'll never get to go as large as, say, something like the uh, Days of Future Past Sentinel. I guess that wouldn't... So what's the largest you think you could ever get, or are you seeking to get much it, larger with in, your building figures? In the current uh, package structure, mm -hmm. with you know a master carton of eight-ish, uh, under that format, the current format, something like Hulkbuster is about as big as we can get. You know, uh, the the theatrical Hulkbuster from uh, Age of Ultron. That thing, you know, barely fit into into that package. It's very, it's a very efficient, uh, small, tight package. That being said, we're always looking at ways of doing other things, different things. 80th anniversary has some monster-sized two packs. So there's no reason why we couldn't look in the uh, the uh, Days of Future Past, Wolverine and Sentinel. There's no reason why we can't find ways to do those things outside of a Build-A-Figure program as well. So you know, there's no you know reason why we couldn't someday do uh, a big Sentinel or redo Fin Fang Foom. You know, if we kept it in our current format, it would probably have to go over multiple waves. Um, which is something that we'd have to discuss and see if we wanted to do. You know, that's something we did in uh, some of our earlier days. Um, but there's absolutely, there's, there's nothing that's off the table or out of the realm of possibilities. It just may not be delivered to you in the future in a way that you're currently used to seeing. Are you guys looking at maybe um, adopting the, uh, the model of what Star Wars Black Series did with the barge and maybe doing something like that uh, for Legends? Uh, yeah, we've been discussing it. Like a Blackbird? Oh Blackbird would be a good idea. Yeah, I think HasLab uh, is going to be an important part of the Pulse moving forward, so all brands are... Yeah. Is, is Endgame the most secretive project you ever worked on? <laughs> I think Endgame is the most secretive Marvel project I've ever worked on, yes. I'm sure yes. I'm excited because I know so little about it, I'm going to be able to sit down like, you know, like all of you guys in that chair when that movie launches and just be like, what in the heck is going to happen? And so for me, I'm getting excited just, just thinking about that alone because it's like, I, I don't, I don't, know, I don't want any spoilers. No yeah. spoilers. <laughs> yeah, no, no, me too. Me too. So it's like, yeah, that's, that's a, a weird part of it. Normally we're, um, we're, we're, we're getting scripts, we're reading scripts, we're, we're having, you know, uh, a lot of conversations with the studio and, and the studio has been very open with us, you know, to the level of what they want to share. You know, we've had a couple of calls with some of the art directors and producers and we've met with them and we've seen some amazing stuff. But as far as how it all goes together, <laughs> nope, <laughs> nothing. The 80th anniversary stuff. How long have you been working on that lot? Uh, about a year. Yeah, about. It's been our normal, our normal cycle. Um, you know, we so got. You had normal lead time on it. These weren't figures that we're planning on coming out with, and then. Oh, we can package them as ADF. It was yeah, these are extra were, figures we'd be get, wouldn't be getting otherwise. Yes, right. this was this was a program that we set out to create. You know, after the after looking at the early success for the perception of what the 10th anniversary program was going to be, we thought that we had an opportunity, especially with this amazing 80th anniversary of Marvel, to revisit this a, a, a similar program and do something different with it. Yeah, it was about a year out. So when we revealed the 10 years around this time last year is when we started working on that, and every single item was planned to go in that and as you can see there's it's mostly new stuff i mean there's like 
right? I mean, yeah. like Juggernaut is is, a, is probably the biggest reuse. Um, yeah, a lot of a lot of newness there. X Men One Hundred Two is my first X Men comic, so I feel like you made this just for me. Well, <laughs> who's, uh, who's heading up the uh, Spider Man line? Uh, Spy- which which part of the Spider Man line? Spider Man in general. It was my understanding that there was uh, somebody doing that last time. Uh, is, did that person change as far as the person making uh, decisions about what's going to get made, what's going to come out? Yeah, we have a, we have a pretty big design team right now, um, and you know our, our marketing oh, team is split on. To two or three different colors. Oh, yeah, yeah, so yeah, we, yeah. we have a we have a Spider-Man team uh, set up, and that has uh, a couple of designers on it as as well. Um, I'm uh, going to be overseeing uh, uh, a lot of the legends and some of the theatrical stuff. We've got uh, five or six really talented uh, uh, guys and gals on the team that are you know diving into all the different pieces of Marvel. Is there a possibility of a exclusive action figure design for a comic book shop similar to how there's the wall? Greens figures, the Walmart figures, etc. Oh, interesting thought. Like, yeah. like the way you did the X Men, that one X Men wave back then. I think it's something we we continue to look at. You know, uh, you know, channel strategy is just a big initiative for the company overall, and so yeah, we'll continue to look at things. We are building out the fan channel, which isn't comic book specifically, but it's a couple steps up. You know, a lot of those types of retailers sell you know all these great collectibles for comic related things. Have you guys uh, thought about releasing a Stan Lee figure? Yeah, we happen to build a figure. Yeah. I got this, guys. <laughs> Our line is that nothing is out of the realm of possibility when it comes to the wonderful world of Marvel. But you guys never We've heard that of, before. I'm trying, I'm trying to be nice by saying, have yeah. you ever thought of doing a Stan Lee? We actually, so Hasbro did do a Stan Lee uh, comic oh, the exclusive. I've made yeah. two Stan Lee action figures. Oh, the Comic Con, the Comic Con, uh, one with the Peter Parker. It was one of the very, it was one of our earliest uh, Comic Con exclusives, as well as a Superhero Squad Comic Con exclusive when he was the mayor of Superhero City. Oh, okay. I forgot about that one. Yeah, so I've I've had the pleasure of working working with him a couple times. I was like, did I not know something? You guys ever think about doing um, like a Vision or a Shadow Cat? in their regular scale, but where they can kind of be detached, almost like a builder figure, so that way it's a little more playability where somebody could uh, make it like they're phasing through a wall or something like that. Uh, I'm not. That's really cool. <laughs> with, with, with Black Panther, the, with Wave 2, there was a long time between that wave and the first wave. Did um, Was there a reason that it was spaced so far apart? Did you think that the first wave might not do as well as it did and kind of wasn't planning to release a second one? Or It, it wasn't that we didn't think that the first wave was going to go, uh, be that good. It's just that normally on a first movie, we plan a wave. You're like, you know, uh, that's what we have, you know, for uh, for many of them. It's Guardians of the Galaxy, you know, um, uh, had a wave. Uh, we mix in a lot Doctor of Strange comic, had a wave. comic characters. We have a lot of the, the comic ones. Once we saw the movie and we saw the depth of the characters, there was just so much amazing stuff in it. Um, and, you know, Oscar caliber uh, film, you there know, so which is awesome. There's so many more characters to do. Like, because, like, we had Killmonger, but then you see the film and you're like, man, I need that, need the military suit Killmonger, right? So it's yeah. like, oh, yeah, to pick one. So, so we yeah. picked the. Once, once we saw it, we're just like, there's so much more here that's yet to be tapped, you know. And you guys have been yelling at me ever since then. We're Shuri, we're Shuri, we're Shuri. So there you go. We got her too. I know you're going to cut me off. Somebody keeps asking, like, I have a thousand comments. They want uh, Heimdall. Heimdall? Uh, they want to know if you've thought about making a Heimdall. 
Heimdall character. I would love. I to literally get, have like a thousand comments right here. I would love to get a, a Heimdall into the line at some point in time. I think I think each year you guys have been getting better with Marvel Legends, so I don't like to focus on negatively too much right now saying this. But has anything that's been produced recently that you've kind of thought, you know what, maybe this could have been done better? Is there any particular piece that you could think of? Where Absolutely like, no. every piece, every single piece, every single piece could be done better. So you guys are basically you consider yourselves artists. Like I think of, of action figures as art. And it's kind of like you have the mentality of an artist where it's like you're making it and then you're thinking it could have been better of immediately course. after. I, I, I think that that's how I look at it anyway. I mean, and that, that's not to say that I'm that I'm in the team is not incredibly proud, proud and pleased with what we have on display here. Right. I love a lot of what we've done this year. You know, but there are you know even some of the best ones I think we've done this year. Once you get them in your hand and, and you're actually you know you're playing with them and all the joints are set and designed and engineered, you're just like ah, it doesn't move quite as far as I would have liked it to move or bend you know quite as far as I'd like it to bend. Is there anything specific you could mention though? Nothing like that recently came out? Recently anything that, that that's the kind of piggyback on it. I'm going to continue your question, but I want to ask one other thing too. Are you guys, last one, are you guys actively looking at um, Toy Biz stuff when you're trying to redo Toy Biz, things that have come out with Toy Biz? Are you like absolutely tr trying to crush what they have done originally and make it better? Are you aware that people are looking to you guys to do that every single time? To yeah, I mean, I think so. Like, we do vintage-inspired lines, which is, like, an homage to it. And then we're also well aware of, you know, what we feel could use an update. But those figures, I mean, it's not like... When we do one, it's not because we think the Toy Biz version... You know, it wasn't great. It was just, it's a different no, time. They, it's a new collector. They're really, really expensive good. to get. They're tough to get. So I want to catapult off it, you know, just because just because Toy Biz did a great uh, action figure 10, 15 years ago. There's been so many new collectors that have come into this over that amount of time that don't have it or don't want to pay those outlandish prices. So it gives us the opportunity to revisit some of those big hits and do them again. Well, okay, just piggyback on what he was saying. I think sometimes the collectors feel a little, a little, a little uh, gypped, I guess, if you guys, for instance, the thing with Nightcrawler with, with the tail. I mean, Toy Biz did that 10, 15 years ago. I'm sure plenty of people, once we go back and we start reporting to our people, are, are going to say, you guys could have put a Bendy White on, on that tail, and that would have been the last little thing to surely crush the Toy Biz version and make your version superior. So just little things like that. Well. I don't know. I guess it's not really a question. But. <laughs> <laughs> well, the Toy Biz version well, the didn't have its heads and hands. So. True, true. Very true. Yeah. It's true. Okay. But, but it's always teetering, though. It's, it's like, you know, just, just, I'm just putting that out there. We can't give you everything. Right? <laughs> yeah. But there's a thing that stuck out. That Thanks, guys. Thank, thank you. you guys. Thank all of you. I don't know. This is day two. Toy Fair 2019. I didn't say that it was New York Comic Con. I'm really proud of that. We did a third interview, and it happened a lot. I'm so I'm so used to the Javits right now. You, I imagine you've been here for the Javits a lot. Many times. Yep. Yeah. It's this is my first time being here at Toy Fair, and it's a nice welcome change from the hustle and bustle of New York Comic Con, where you really it's like, oh, you want to go to the other side of the building? Enjoy that in like 45 minutes. But. Right now, we are at the Funko Toy Booth with Christopher Sully, who is the social media manager over at Funko. Yep. Chris, can I call you Chris? Sully, actually, is what I go by most of the time. Yeah. No worries. Sully, how you doing today? I'm doing great. Yeah, it's, uh, like you said, it's day two, so we're not too far into this thing. Uh, still fresh. I can still talk. 
Let's see how that goes on day four. Yeah, you'll be fine. You'll be fine. Just get some <laughs> lozenges and some, you know, lemon drops and whatnot. You'll be set. <laughs> so, this is the hype right now. Everything's going on with Marvel. Marvel has a humongous presence here yep. at Fair 2019, especially at the uh, Funko booth with that gigantic Hulk. Uh, yeah. And I have to ask, is that signed by Mark Ruffalo? No, on the back of it is actually uh, Yondu, Michael Rooker. Really? Yeah, he came by our booth at, I think it was SDCC when he came by, and uh, he saw the back of it, and he goes, y'all want an autograph? We're like, sure. So he slapped it on there. Has nothing to do with Thor Ragnarok at all, but he's Marvel Universe, so, so it's cool. It's, Sorry. It's funny, though, because he, I know Ruffalo was at New York Comic Con the one year that that was there. Yeah, we've had it there a couple of times, and it would have been really great if uh, if he had stopped by, but I don't think he ever came by our booth. Yeah. He, he's definitely a very nice guy from the experiences we've had of him, just total class act. Seems like it. And speaking of which, you have characters like the Hulk. You have characters like, what other sinister, yeah. Venom, characters like that. Yeah. Very over-the-top, violent, monstrous things. And yet you manage to find a way to make them into the most adorable, innocent characters. I love that. And I want to know, what characters do you want to see next with Marvel in the pop format? Great question. Yeah, I've, we've done so many over the years. I started as a fan first, so I've been collecting these since 2011, and I got in on the on the early Marvel items. Uh, and I always, honestly always love the comic book form of them, while I do love the movies. There's something about the vibrant colors that come out of the comic books that I absolutely love. And even though we've done, let's say, like uh, Ghost Rider, and we've done multiple versions of them, I still want to continue to see more. I just absolutely love the detail. And some of our newest newer figures have like the translucent vinyl, and I really want to see some more play with that and the flames that come off Ghost Rider I think would just be epic. My uh, my experience with the tri- uh, translucent vinyl was the I believe Tom Servo from Mystery Science Theater pop vinyl yes. and there are so many characters like now that Marvel's a little bit more friendly with the X-Men franchise again because of Fox Gill impending I'd love to see characters like the Invisible Woman from the Fantastic Four but going back over to the X-Men Bob Herman, who is basically a pink uh, slush with a skeleton inside, and that could make a really cool-looking For sure. We've done a few of those that are the translucent vinyl over uh, a skull or something in the in the center like that. Like we did a Jack-Jack for in, uh, Invisibles 2, uh, and you can see the skull or see his head inside the flames, and then we have a new Darth Vader that's similar to that where you can I've see the skull. That, where yeah. it's from uh, Return of the Jedi, where he's getting electric. Yeah, that so cool. cool. I would love I like to see that. some of that. Yeah, there's so many, and you can do, like, have you guys done Johnny Storm yet? I feel like you have. I know, I remember the thing. I think early on, yeah, there's a comic version of him. I, I debate a lot of times myself what we have and haven't done because I think back to my collection. There's so many. But it's amazing. We do a Q&A every week, and the number of licenses and things that people ask for that we haven't done is still huge. Yeah. We take down notes and pass it up the chain to say, here's what people are asking for. One that actually caught my attention while I was looking at the prototypes on the floor was Sanford Sun. Yeah. And... I did not expect to say that I'm going to see a Red Fox pop vinyl in 2019, but it's a welcome surprise. It's a really welcome surprise. Yeah. And there's so many other, like, 
personalities, not just Marvel, but you know, DC, you have Hanna-Barbera, you have the NBA, you have the WWE. Yep. And what are some licenses you would like to see that you haven't seen yet? Well, you, you, you raise a good point on how many that we have. I think we have over 2,000 licenses now. And, wow. Yeah, exactly. I don't know if all those are current, but we've had them at times. And audience, yes, my face did in fact drop. He, he saw that. He did. I, I, yeah. <laughs> Confirmed. Uh, I love when people come up to the booth at the cons and they'll be like, I don't, I don't get this. What is this? Why are people into these? And just when you think they're just kind of going to give up and walk away, they'll look at the line list and go, wait a minute, you made this? I've got to get in the booth right now. I need that. Uh, but licenses I would love to see. We talk about this all the time. And I, I would love to see Greatest American Hero because I was a big fan How of that in the that 80s. Happen? Not yet. Maybe one day, right? I know they're doing it. I believe they're doing a reboot of the series. So that'd be cool to see. Yeah, I read about that and I was very excited to see it. I don't know what happened with that pilot, but hopefully we get we get access to it at some point. That would be awesome. Uh, I would definitely love to see Nintendo. It's a license we've tried to get for years and have not had luck in getting, but I think that would be amazing. I mean, you got the Pokemon, but, you know. Maybe a foot in the door, we're hoping. Yeah. Because, so, like, there's so many characters that you can do stuff with Nintendo. Mario, Luigi, Wario, Waluigi. Just, again, endless. And I think you could do a uh, Bowser pop pilot in the style of, you know, maybe a Thanos, where it's like the big thing. Yeah. Maybe a Mario where he's, you know, shooting fireballs. Oh. You said the possibilities are limitless. You got rides you could do with that from all the Mario Kart. I think it would be amazing. One of my things is also you've managed to make characters look like they're floating midair with a little, you know, the uh, stands. Yeah. And, again, they're technically, you just lift them in the air, they can fly. But you guys make the action poses so seamless. Yeah. And what is a character... Because this is a Marvel show, let's go with Marvel. What is a character pose that you're surprised you've seen in Marvel? One of those characters. Hmm. I, I'm not so much surprised, but I was taken away in the quality of the artwork and how well it came out. And that was the Iron Man blasting off. Yeah. So he had the translucent flames below him. We did a similar Boba Fett from Star Wars. And absolutely, I mean, that was, I have a bunch of Iron Man. That was that was immediately one of the favorites in my collection just because of that action pose. What's the lowest mock suit you have and what's the highest mock suit you have? Um, we actually did in Marvel Collector Core, we did a Mach 1, a Mark 1, and we did it in a silver and then you could get the variant in a gold. So I got both of those. That's cool. Yeah, yeah. and those are amazing. I feel Funko is one of those brands that knows what it's like to be a fan and knows the completionist aspect but also knows the aspect of oh you like this version of the character well guess what we're going to make something similar to that but it's the other costume they wore I guarantee yeah. you offhand I know you guys have done Daredevil and I yep. believe you did the Netflix version yep. I'm not 100% you did the regular red suit but you we probably have. did yellow suit we did see again yep. it's the I'm waiting for the black suit armor one from the 90s Ooh, that nice. happened you guys have had, you know, I'm a big Moon Knight fan. I'm a loony for Mooney. And you have, for the Walgreens one, the regular, you know, 1980s costume, which yeah. is still the coolest costume in comic book history. It's just so rad. And then you have his Mr. Knight costume of him in a suit walking forward. And I think there was a third Moon Knight one recently, wasn't there? I can only recall two. Because I remember there was something with Mr. Knight. I remember I don't know why. We had a Mr. Negative that might that might be, you know, ringing some bells. But, yeah. Be. 
but just so many, again, so many variants of these characters, the chase figures, which for the people at home who don't know, what is a chase figure? Good question. Yeah, we get this a lot from people that have really gotten into collecting uh, recently, and it it varies on the ratio, but oftentimes when we pack boxes to send to retailers, at a one in six ratio, one of the six figures in the box, like let's say Batman, that's one of our early chases, had six pieces in there, and the sixth one is different in that it's metallic and has a chase sticker on the front. So fans who are out there who are big collectors will go to retail stores in hopes of pulling them all off the shelf and finding that one chase sitting there in the back. And I, the funniest thing is I've actually only seen a chase figure at a non-con once in my life. Yeah. It was at a Toys R Us over in New York City literally two months before they announced the shutdown, which, again... For you guys, it must hurt, but as a fan as well, it really hurts, too. Oh, for sure. And let me be honest, were there any Marvel things down the pipeline before the Toys R Us thing happened? Like, any, like, exclusive characters that were supposed to happen, but then... Jeffrey was uh, poached, unfortunately. I was going to bring that up as an example, but yeah, you, you already knew about that. Unfortunately, well, fortunately for me, because it keeps me out of trouble, uh, since I'm in the marketing area and social media, we don't really find out about things until they get to the stage where we actually do some sort of official blitz on there and tell the world that they exist. And it's best I not see them in advance, because someone will ask me and I'll slip up and go, wait a minute, did we already put that out? Or So I stay out of that part of it, uh, but we do have our licensing team always working on things, and who knows, maybe there were some secrets back there that we'll never find out about. It's so it's so crazy, and it's also like I've seen you know in the action figure community like the Hasbro WWE figures. You see prototypes out in the wild. I've never seen that. Really? Figure. Yeah. And I, that's a testament to how strong you keep the you know the guard up for this stuff too. You gotta do that as a major company because you don't want those things leaking out, and you also just don't want spoilers leaking out. Which yeah, this weekend as we're recording this. So many people coming into this show, myself included, were expecting Avengers Endgame spoilers. And obviously, we don't know what's happening because of a certain boat, an embargo boat, which it sounded like the joke fell flat. But anyway, so the, the embargo on Avengers Endgame, every single place I've been to with comic book related stuff has not been shown. Funko was not, was not an exception, which, nice. can, to be completely honest, I'm fine with. I like the idea of not getting the movie spoiled. Yeah, I'm with you. I, I don't want to spoil it at all. In fact, we had uh, we had a strict embargo on uh, Spider-Man Far From Home. Really? Which we finally have the pops out. We put them out yesterday morning on Saturday of the show. On Friday, we did all of our big reveals. We couldn't even talk about it then, so we still had to wait a day. Yeah, while, while it may seem silly to some, because you know, people are always searching the web trying to find the latest, greatest, you should probably wait until it's delivered to you in the proper format. Like, yeah. who wants to watch a trailer off of someone's cell phone from a Comic-Con? I would rather see the full surround sound, higher de- high res. Although sometimes, sometimes leaks can be unintentionally funny. I don't know if you remember the uh, Wolverine Origins movie that got leaked about a month before the movie came out and it was an unfinished version. Have you ever seen that? I've never seen it. Look it up on YouTube. It is some of the funniest stuff you will ever see involving like Wolverine using nothing and pretending they're claws, uh, jumping out of a helicopter and stuff like that. And it's just unfinished, but it's so funny. Huh, that's interesting. But yeah, a lot of stuff like that, you know, the, the Marvel brand is very strong. And I imagine the fan reaction to Marvel is very strong too fun. Oh yeah, it's it's by far one of our biggest lines. I was actually talking with somebody about that earlier, like Star Wars is huge for us, but I think there's more Marvel than there are Star Wars. And it's it's such a deep 
going back to the early origins of Funko, some of the earlier characters we had. You've got the comic books. You've got the movies. You know, there's so much to choose from. But it, it's huge. And so we have some fans that are very vested in it. For a while, we had the Marvel Collector Core box, which is now carried at Amazon. So all those people that were hardcore Marvel were the ones purchasing those boxes. And every month, they were like, what are we going to get? Like, it's, it's usually going to be a deeper cut. What is it going to be something it, unique? It wasn't. Like, you know, it was around the height of, like, the buildup for Squirrel Girl. Like, when she was becoming yeah. a popular character. But, like, still, like, John the public doesn't know who Squirrel Girl is. Right. So you get a Squirrel Girl pop up, you're like, who is this? And then you look into the character, oh, there's an ongoing series? The guy, what you guys are doing is also, like, free publicity in a way for the characters, too, you know? Or paid, or not paid, you know what I mean? They have I think Marvel probably gives some guidance. Again, I'm not in the licensing discussions, but I'm sure if they want to bring a character to the forefront, it would be fairly easy to, for them to nudge us and go, how about how about you do this one? Let's see what happens there, you know? Like, there's, there's several. Going back to the conversation of ones I love to see, I'd love to see Blade. They have done Blade. We've done the comic book. I would love to see the movie oh, oh, Blades, yeah. yeah, which I think would be just amazing. I'm shocked. I understand why it's probably dictated by Marvel, but I would love to see more of characters like that non-MCU movie ones because we did yeah. briefly see Amazing Spider-Man with the uh, Andrew Garfield version. Yep. I'd love to see, yeah, some X-Men, you know, the Fox ones maybe. Mm-hmm. Do a throwback. Pay a little bit of respect because we're, we're currently wrapping up on our show as of this recording, Fantastic February. And not going to lie, the Fantastic Four movies from the 2000s aren't that bad and they're memorable. I want to see young Brooklyn or whatever his name was yeah. who was Reed Richards that would be fun I mean a lot of our business a lot of the things that we do is based off nostalgia yeah. so we'll take seven, like Sanford and Son 70s and 80s TV shows like the, the uh, greatest American hero that I want to see would be perfect so why not we look back We just this year we did the Marvel 10 Studios the gold chrome versions of some of the pops which was a nice way to look back uh, a couple of ECC's ago we did a Captain America with the shield from the first Captain America first Avenger movie you know 10 years later so why why couldn't we go back to those at some point if it's allowed by the licensor? That's always the, the caveat. Now, what is one pop vinyl you've seen that's skyrocketed to ridiculously high prices on the resale? There have been several. Again, I've been collecting for, for many years, so in 2011 I got into them early. So to stick with Marvel, I bought the Gemini exclusive Flocked Beast. I loved it. I got that one early on and put that in my collection. And it wasn't until I'm going back and looking at some of the prices on other ones to see that that had elevated to five, six, seven hundred dollars. I don't know where it is now, but because it, it was limited to like 480 pieces. And for real Marvel fans, especially comic book Marvel fans, that was one you really would want in your collection. And again, completions. You know, and also yeah. you mentioned flocked. What are flocked uh, pops again? Flocked are like think like a flocked Christmas tree, and that it's the texture that's sprayed on there. So for flocked beast, it kind of feels like a little bit of a fur. Yeah. yeah. Like, again, things like that are cool. Like it's the detail of these characters. And the, if it's a work, the funness of it. You know? Yeah. I think it is a work. It's in the name of the thing. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> so, Sully, before we go, how can people get a hold of you on social media? Uh, personally, I, I'm C.S. Sully, but really, you want to interact with the brand. So we are at Original Funko on Twitter and on Facebook and on Instagram, pretty much across the board. We even do, uh, we have our YouTube channel, uh, which has got quite a few subscribers now. And we've done live stream uh, gaming recently, so we're playing some different games that, that align with our product. So we're on Twitch and Mixer under Funko as well. Right on. Sully, it was an absolute pleasure. Yeah, thanks, sir. Do Hasbro for letting us be a part of that round table discussion round robin round table whatever red robin i don't know yum anyway but thank you to them for letting us be a part of that 
specifically Christopher Sully for taking the time to speak with us about the Funko brand and Marvel. And once again, big thank you to you, Jason. Thank, Thank you. you for being on the show. I appreciate it. How can you get me. a hold of you and the store on social media? Yeah, um, my cell phone number is... No, I'm just kidding. One more. Uh, <laughs> no, 555. Yeah. Um, I, uh, I would say, you know, for the store, it's um, our, our website is Pop Rochester, which is P-O-P-R-O-C-H-E-S-T-E-R.com, poprochester.com. Um, you can find us on social media. Just look up Pop Rock on Facebook um, or um, at Pop Rock Culture. And it's P-O-P-R-O-C, not R-O-C-K, Pop Rock Culture um, at, uh, at Instagram. And then I would say hop over and take a look at Pop Rock City, P-O-P-R-O-C-C-I-T-Y, poprockcity.com. That's our, uh, that's our big idea for the outdoor, indoor uh, city takeover, our super city. And if anybody's interested in learning more about that and how they could participate or, or uh, you know, just get more information on when, when it's going to go live and who's involved and so on and so forth, that's a really, really good place. Very cool. So now, once again, why should people come to Pop Rock? Because I know why myself I'm going to go. Yeah. Um, you know, I think it's the experience, once again, I don't think there's anything like it. I think that it's a it's a very at home feel for um, you know for for guys like you and I. And I would say that the I would say the biggest thing that you could the easiest and biggest way I can explain this is we bottled up Saturday morning. You know, the cartoons, the music, the comics, the cereal, the atmosphere, the coffee. You know, we serve really great coffee. We serve Death Wish coffee. Death Wish coffee sponsors like that entire part of New York. I've yeah, they're, they're well. They don't sponsor us, but yeah, they're there. Um, they're there, and so um, we've got a lot of fun, neat stuff going on. And it's not all kitty. I mean, we we are, you know, we're all adults, but it is very family friendly. Um, so yeah, I would say it's just um, it's 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 Saturday morning. It's that it's that feeling yeah. bottled up in one place. The experience, for sure. So now, before we go, let's do that whole social media rigmarole. That, yeah, you can listen at the beginning of the episode and hear that info, or you can look in the description, but, well, I'm already on roll, people, and it's a Kaiser roll, and it's delicious, let me tell you that. But, go on Facebook at facebook.com slash themarvelists. Give myself a follow on social media at facebook at facebook.com slash Podcaster. You can also find us on Twitter at themarvelists. You can find us on Twitter individually, well, just me, at Melnick. And once again, Instagram at Peter Melnick, at The Marvelous, and of course at Eddie9193. Drop us a line in our email bag, questions, comments, strongly worded letters, etc., 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 etc. TheMarvelous at gmail.com. You can also find us on a wide variety of streaming platforms, including iTunes, where you can rate, review, and subscribe. You can others, others formats include TuneIn Radio, Stitcher Radio, Podbean, SoundCloud, and of course, the big one, it's going to be Spotify. Did I say Spotify? Probably, but Stitcher too, whatever. Same thing. You, again, people, why, why are you still listening to this part? Go to, go to the beginning of the episode. I don't know. But anyway, just rambling now. It's, it's fun, isn't it? But Stitcher.com slash premium and use the promo code at checkout, Marvelous. Get a free one month of Stitcher Premium, only $4.99 after. So once again... Stitcher.com slash premium. Sign up. Help support the show. Help us out. We would greatly appreciate it. For 
Peter Melnick. I'm Peter Melnick. For Pop Rock, I'm Jason Hilton. Excelsior. <laughs>